show was created by a menace for menaces. Menace to society. From menace to decent society. And always has been a menace to society. You are now locked into a brand new episode of the Menace to Society podcast. Made for those who don't settle, don't stick to the status quo, and for those who aren't afraid to think outside the box. Let's go. If you aren't afraid to speak up or do things differently, even when things do not make any sense to most people, then this is for you. We smash goals and crush average. All day, a day, baby. The Menace to Society podcast starts now. Alrighty, we are live. Guys, I am freaking stoked. So, this is Jordan Adler. If you guys didn't already know, uh, we've been promoting him today, talking about how he's going to hop up on our podcast. And I want to do a Facebook Live because only in our Facebook Live, it's a, it's a private group. So you have to be um, invited into the group. So I this been invited yet? Are you going to invite me? Well, we'll invite you. We'll invite <laughs> you so you can rewatch it. Yeah. So um, I wanted to, uh, this is our gift. This was our present today for you guys. I wanted to show you uh, Jordan's going to be speaking at our conference. Okay. And when I say he's going to be speaking at our conference, he's one of our keynote speakers. He is going to rock your guys' world. Okay. I always want to bring people to our conference, people that I want to learn from. So I always go bigger, better, faster, stronger, and people that I look up to and that have already done past tense big things and that I can follow as an example. So that's why Jordan's here. Uh, Jordan, welcome, man. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, I man. finally get to see your studio. Yeah. Very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're trying to, like I said, it's, and obviously, you know, you know, Grant Cardone, and that's my thing is he's like, hey, say yes and figure the rest out later. And I'm like, hey, got this little room. I'm like. Throw some lights in here, press record, and we'll figure it out as we go. Love it. So little by little, we've been tweaking stuff and trying to get our crap together. Here we go. So yeah. um, Nikki T and Terrence, those that are here, hope you guys are doing well. Um, let me pull up my phone here real quick so I can look at the comments because I have it hooked up a different way. By the way, thanks for doing that uh, beautiful roof for me up in Jerome. So run with that if you don't mind yeah. for a second. No, Jason, we're in a networking organization together in uh, in Phoenix. We've been we've known each other for about three years. We met through we met through the the networking organization, and uh, and I needed a roof, and so of course I went to Jason. I'd seen his work online, and then uh, he 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 sent a team up, and they it's a it's a it's a scary project because it's a Sketchy. very high roof. I mean, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous, and it right. was a metal roof. But they did a beautiful job. I mean, so nice. And I get I get people that stop and make comments about the roof. That's how beautiful it is. It's, it's awesome. like a rust-colored roof, metal, and it's uh, it's on a, a four-story home right on the side of a mountain. Yeah, in town if, up in up in Jerome. If you guys have ever been to Jerome, uh, it's all mountains. Yeah. <laughs> the entire thing is, and yeah. there's one main road, and uh, it's pretty crazy. And so yeah, his house is like on the like a cliff. So on the backside, like you fall. You don't fall like five or 10 or 15 feet. It's no, hundreds. Yeah. In fact, I was very, very, very relieved when you guys were done because it made me nervous every day with sure. these guys climbing up there you yeah. know, on a slippery metal roof, you know, with these giant sheets of metal. It's right. It's right. Crazy. And the wind, you I guys, get, how they do it. you the guys wind. are crazy wind too. And Dude, it's, I have no idea how you even do that. Yeah. Man, there's no, no consistency. So you get random gusts. So it's, yeah. it'll kick you in the butt. So, so yeah, so I brought Jordan on. Because I want to talk to him. Um, I already know what he does, and I'm actually one of his clients. Is that what you call me? Am I one of your clients? Yeah, your client. The client? Is yeah, that, is that sure, you say that? Sure. So sure. they... Uh, customer. Customer. There you go. So because I want you guys to understand the power of this, okay? 
I am a client of Jordan's, okay? And now I've asked Jordan to come on here. So see how we go back and forth? People want to work with people and people support people who they want to support. Mm -hmm. And so like with Jordan, I was like, hey, he obviously send out cards and we'll get into that. But I was like, hey, I was like, whatever he's doing, I want to support him and what he's doing, whatever it is I'm in. And, right. I, and I feel the same way. It's it's the law of reciprocity. Hundred percent. It's like when you do when you do nice things for people, they tend to want to do nice things back for you. Totally. And so um, when people are working together like that, um, it's just like it's one plus one equals five. Right. You know, it really is. And it's it's just been a huge blessing. Like I said, I was able to do his roof um, as well too up in Jerome. That turned out awesome. Super excited for that. He gave me a testimonial that I have retargeted to, uh, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of clients and be like, hey, you want to do a metal roof? Bam, like we did this one. Check this out. So I want you guys to understand that when it comes to being a menace, um, menaces support other menaces, right? Because we all have the same goals, the same market, the same the same mindset of growth and where we want to go and how we want to succeed. And so by doing that today, uh, Broad and Jordan, I literally texted him once said, Hey, will you come speak at my conference? I think I called you right before you're hopping on a flight and you're like, yeah, I'm in just make sure I'm available for those dates. And it was literally just like that Absolutely. because I've, uh, I've always promoted him and I've always supported him. And now we have the opportunity to learn from someone who has done big, big things in his life. And, uh, like I said, we're just, we're just stoked to have you on here today. Um, so give us a little bit of background of, uh, and I don't mind if you say B and I. It's not a plug. Yeah, yeah. It's not a plug, but it's it's where we met. So I want to give credibility to uh, the networking sphere of it. But uh, where do you live? What do you do? Kind of, and then we'll uh, we'll go back to your history of like where you started making yeah. you know ten bucks an hour to where you are now, and kind of how that went you up. You bet. Yeah. So I live I live in three places. Um, I live in Jerome, Arizona, which is an old mining town up in the mountains. It's an old copper and silver mining town. Uh, I also have a condo on the Las Vegas Strip and then a place in the forest um, up, up outside of Vegas. It's got a little ski resort up there and all that. And so I kind of like move between the three. One is real peaceful up in the mountains. The Strip is crazy, of course, and people sure. come out and we go out and have a good time and, you know, go to dinner and to shows. And then and then the place in Jerome, that's like a little town, like of about a 500 people. Grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago and... Uh, we met three years ago as a result of myself and my friend, good friends, deciding to start a chapter. Of oh, Nate of, Dominguez. He was Nate, on our Nate, podcast. Yeah, yeah, Nate, yeah. Nate was on. Yeah, sure. and we, we became best friends immediately when we met each other. He was 22 years old. This was 20 years ago, and about uh, almost 20 years ago. And, and a few years ago, he said, let's start a chapter in Arizona. Well, I live in Vegas, you know, and up in the mountains. I'm not in Phoenix, right? but for, for a year, for a full year, he was trying to convince me to travel to Phoenix every week for my business networking event. So let me, let me stop you there real yeah. quick. So he lives in Vegas and Nate, take away Nate the name, but someone was trying to sell him on, I want you to fly or drive down every single week, one day a week, the same day for a meeting, for a two hour meeting. Yeah. Now there's other things that go on around that, sure. but, but like, imagine trying to sell someone on that. Like you have to le come to a different state once a week. Imagine the, and it took you how long? About a year. It took me a year to finally say yes. I, I said no over and over and yeah. over. And over so again. think about the follow up, right? I, he, it wasn't like one quick phone call, like, Hey, come do this. And you're like, no, I'm out. He followed up over and over and over again. Um, I'm sure in several different ways, but he finally got you hooked about a year later. 
Yeah, and and so every week I'm either on an airplane flying in the same. I'll fly in in the morning. We'll go to the meeting. I'll have lunch with a few people, maybe visit some friends, and then I'm flying back that same day. And I do that on on Southwest Airlines every single week. I'm doing that, or I'm driving two hours down from the mountains, and it's worth it to me. Um, be, I've been I've had a relationship with BNI now for 17 years, so. This was a new chapter. Like sure. I was, uh, I was a member up in the mountains, and, and this was a this was a new chapter that we were starting from scratch, and got it to about se- 60, 70 members um, fairly quickly. And uh, up in Vegas, it's been so- no, no, in, in oh down here, oh yeah, 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 the one okay. in Phoenix that I started with Nate, where I met you. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, and so it's been great because I've got now not only have I met like seventy new friends, all of them are re- like most of them are really good friends today. Sure, I see them every week for the past three years, but also I've done business. They've brought me a ton of business, and then I've done business with them, and it's been a phenomenal relationship. And every time I, because I told Nate I would do it for a year, and a year not an hour into our third year right now, right. And uh, every time I think about, you know, this is a lot, you know, getting on an airplane every week. Every time I think about it, I think about the relationships. I think about the the referrals, uh, but mostly the relationships. Like there's a lot of power in having a strong team of people that you kind of look at as your sales force. Sure. And uh, and then, you know, it's just for me, it's like it's an anchor to be able to meet with this group every week. And there's so many magical, exciting things that come out of certain relationships within that. Like, for example, you know, my relationship with Nate, one relationship has literally, it's hard to believe when I say this, it's going to sound outrageous, but hundreds of millions of dollars of business came to our company as a result of me meeting Nate. Because I wouldn't be one, one person, one person who knows what's going to come out of us meeting. You know, we've known each other for three years. I proposed sure. an idea to you. A few minutes ago, right before we started, here, sure. it could turn into something big for totally. both, for both of us. Mm-hmm. But just the just the fact that you're introduced, you're inviting me to be a speaker at this event, the Menace to Society event, and who's going to be there, and who am I going to meet? Some of the speakers on the stage are, I haven't seen in years, but they're friends of mine, right? And uh, but I know that I'm going to meet, make some other power partner relationships there. That who knows what it's going to turn into. Right? So the the best part about this is Jordan doesn't come for the hour hour and a half. He comes for the relationships, and when it comes to relationship marketing, that is my opinion the new the new marketing way, right? Whereas, like I said, you have these seventy people in a room, and I think Nate mentioned it once, but these these guys have contacts to about seventy five people. So you do seventy times seventy five. You're not just hanging out with those seventy people. You're indirectly hanging out with, you know. I mean, 5,000 people well, yeah, contacts. I mean, you take 70, the average person in that group probably has a, 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 a context sphere of at least 1,000 people Sure. in that group. Yeah, because yeah. business owners, on entrepreneurs, street, right. sure. So you take that 70,000 possible connections there, it, just first level, if, if uh, you develop a relationship with each person that is trusting enough that they feel comfortable introducing them, you to them, to the people they know. Yeah. Which we do. To That's their community. We, you know, when you're there every week and you get to know people and you meet for coffee beforehand and you, you know, exchange some business, you get to know those people. Like Shannon did my kitchen up in, up in the mountains. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I've done a lot of business with a lot of people in the chapter, but that's another example. But when you build those relationships, now they're comfortable introducing you to their sphere. Like I would feel totally a hundred percent comfortable to introducing you to my sphere because I did one of your friends roofs, the one with the skylight. What's her name? Uh, that was Erica. Erica. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah. It, in Scottsdale, I think it was, or Phoenix. Yeah. And he's like, Jordan's like, hey, take care of her. I'm like, okay. So we put in a sky, like, she had a shower, was super dark. We put in a skylight. We did a roof, all that stuff. Plants coming from hanging down from that skylight. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. And so, but like, the power of being being. Now let's talk about that because some people don't have the the means or the the opportunity to. Go, go out of state every week to go to a networking event or to the relationship marketing. So let's talk about send out cards and what you can do while you're going to the bathroom, while you're on a plane, while you're waiting, you know, waiting for a meeting, whatever the case may be. Talk to us about send out cards. And this is not, I mean, take away the plug of like, Hey, let's talk about send out cards. I use send out cards in my business and I did 1400 jobs last year. Mm-hmm. That's not even like prospects. Yeah. Right. We did 5,000 leads. And, but I guarantee we send out at least 1400 cards because <laughs> every single uh, paid client of ours gets a send out card. So run with that for a second and then we'll, uh, we'll implement what uh, the opportunity that people are simply missing out on. Yeah. I think the most important thing is that, um, people thrive on, uh, being remembered, um, and relationships and being appreciated, all those things. Um, our founder, uh, uh, many years ago, probably he was 29 and his brother, uh, our founder was 21 and his brother was 29. And our founder was, when he was 21, he was newly married, had a baby and he was moving to New York on a job transfer and he was saying goodbye to his family. He's going to be driving across the country and his brother, Chris, do you know this story? I don't. Yeah. So his brother, Chris, who was an electrician was in his pickup truck and Cody, instead of, uh, he, he had this prompting to go over to his brother and give him a hug and tell him he loved him, but he said he waved to his brother. And he, oh, no. and he drove off. Well, uh, a few months later, his mother called him to tell him that his brother Chris had been killed in a work accident. And Cody uh, sat on his um, bed crying, remembering that morning that he had had that prompting to go over to his brother and say goodbye, and he ignored it. And he decided back then that he would never ignore a prompting again. Brutal. And so he started our company before technology, before the technology even existed. He wanted to give people an opportunity that when it's on, when you're thinking about it, when it pat crosses your mind, there's a reason. And so they give people a chance to be able to reach out to somebody and say what's on your heart. And then eventually it turned into where it was on computers, dial up, and then eventually today smartphones. So the ability to send, uh, there's so many things that have come out of it. Obviously the ability to say, say thank you when you, when you mean thank you to somebody for doing something nice for you. Or, for, or, you know, you do a job for them and you appreciate that and you want to send that to them. Well, sure. it's something that they're going to keep if it's personal and if it's meaningful, it's something that they're going to keep and they're going to remember you when they need you again. Um, but then in addition to that, you know, the ability to say thank you, happy birthday, nice to meet you. Uh, we came up with a concept not that long ago that has been like explosive in that you could own a business owner can own the real estate on someone's refrigerator. Totally. For 97 bucks a month, you can own the real estate on hundreds of refrigerators around the country. So that if you're a business owner and you want people to remember you when they're ready to do business with you, there's today with social media, everybody puts the things and the people and the experiences that are most important to them on social media. Sure. They put their grandma on social media. They put their dogs and cats on social media. They put their vacations on social media. If they lose somebody important to them, they put that on social media. Everybody is putting the things that are most important to them on social media. Well, from a phone today, you can grab those pictures, save them on your phone, drop them on the front of a postcard, type something quick on the back and hit send. And that card is delivered in the mail the next morning. And where does that go? Think about it. If you if you get a picture of you and your family on a vacation, where is that going to go? It's going to go on your refrigerator. Yeah, it's not going right? to go in the trash. Yeah. And everyone For knows. Sure. 
Jason at State 48, everybody that knows you knows you're Jason State 48. So now it's like, bam, it's right in front of their face. And you can do that with, it's today, you know, addresses are readily available. Um, and if you don't have somebody's address, you just shoot them a quick message. Hey, I need to get your updated mailing address. I need to send you something. And uh, that's crazy. Powerful. There's so many, there's so many powerful uses. And then we've got gifts and gift cards and all that kind of stuff. So that that's the power of, so we sent those that are those that signed up for swag, right? We had a, a, a swag link and those of you guys got a hat in there and a wristband, right? I think we sent out like 20 or so, 25 and half of them tagged us on social media yeah. once they got it. One, we asked them to, but two, naturally they're like, dude, we got this sweet hat. We got the, you know, all this stuff. We're excited. They just probably invested a, either uh, like a VIP ticket to be with us. So they're excited and we send it to them and they, they like I said, they post it on social media. Yeah. But the other part is who doesn't love getting Amazon boxes and who doesn't love getting stuff in the mail still? Right. That Unless people think that's bill. dead. Unless it's a bill. Unless it's a bill. But guess what? Where does, where does your most important things go to? If, I mean, I, you have online banking, right? But let's say that's not a thing. You're still getting bills yeah. in the mail. The IRS will still not send you stuff. Like it still comes in snail mail, it comes into your into your mailbox. Yes, yeah, like seventy percent of everything we experience, probably closer to ninety percent of everything we experience every day is negative. It's energy draining, and when somebody receives positive words in a card that you that you took from your heart and put into a card, you just hit the send button. We do the rest. The cards printed, stuffed in an envelope, packed up, sent to that person. They go to their mailbox, and it's something that makes them feel good. It's a positive thing, and when you send right. positive out every day. When you send positive out every day, you get positive back every day. Hundred yeah. percent. That's that's the cool part too. So you literally can make someone's day, and I'm sure it happens every single day. Every day, making someone's, uh, you know, they're hitting a rough patch, or you don't know what's going on, and you get something in the mail saying, "Hey, just want to say I appreciate you, or thank you for letting us serve you," or like I said, it, it could be personal, but on the business side of stuff that we're talking about, right? Like. Hey, thank you. Like you didn't have to go with me. You could have gone. You got four other bids. You could have gone with any of them, but because you came with us, like thank you so much. Ironically, I'm gonna, so being a menace. We um, no bullshit is one of our uh, core values. Like no bull. Like there's like there's it. no no yeah. fake. It's all it's all real. Yeah. Like I will not tell you guys to do something that I'm not doing. I personally invest with send out cards. And I'd not invite Jordan on here or to the conference to push send out cards, but he's going to do it because I want him to, because it's changed my business. Okay. In two and a half years, I went from zero working for an, Oh, in BNI, I was working for another roofing company when you first right, met me. Right, I, I, I didn't even own my company. Yeah. And you're exploding. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. But, but it's because I believe in systems where we've been working on systems and automation, that kind of stuff where literally I have, um, I can I can I be completely honest? Sure. I personally have never sent a send out card. Oh. Me personally. Yeah. You've got a team that does it. Dude, it's my COO's daughter. All she right. hops on. Yeah. She has the whole app. She has everything on there. And she grabs all the names and numbers from the clients from the previous week that we served. She goes on there, takes a picture, and it's a lot of times it's like a before and after or of the roof yeah. or oh, a picture of their cool. house. Yeah. Or, or sometimes we got to stalk him and go on social media and, and pull a picture from there. But I will say this. Jason hasn't sent his own cards before. However, I've sent 119,000 cards awesome. in 17 years. But I will tell you this, that if you're somebody that doesn't have the resources right now to hire somebody or sure. that kind of thing, um, it's literally, 40. It, once you get the hang of it, 45 seconds to send a card in the mail. 
um, literally that. And if you need to get their address, you're looking at probably a minute and a half, you know, total. Sure. So it's something that you can do on your own when you're standing in line at the bank. I've sent cards standing in line at the bank waiting for flights. On the flights, I've sent cards. I've sure. even sent, I'm embarrassed to say, but we're no BS. I've sent cards sitting at stoplights. At stoplights. Yeah. I was going to say on the squatter. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that too. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, that's, uh, hey, I always tell people, because we're talking about how social media and like being consistent on social media and posting and whatnot. I'm like, dude, I was like, everybody has to go to the bathroom every day and like they either when they pull it up they see me or i'm posting on there during that i'm like make make you know be effective with your time so funny enough so the the this is the craziest part about send out cards that i love is that nobody not that say nobody believes in it they just like it's too easy it's too good to be true the phrase right but when you really understand it's it's crazy like you don't have to worry about print and postage and stamps i hate going to the going to like UPS or going to uh, going somewhere and uh, FedEx and putting stuff in the mail it drives me nuts. Yeah. I it's like I'm anti that I make somebody else do that. Yeah. Like I'll literally go to a store and buy the gift, but then I'd be like, Hey, like make sure this gets to right. some a different state, you know? Um, and with us, you just hit the send button. And it's, rest, it's, it's, it's an app. And the other part is, so we also talk about is separating yourself from your competition. Mm-hmm. How many people in your industry are doing this? Right, certain industries it might be more uh, more advanced or more common, but like in the construction world, dude, ain't nobody doing this kind of crap. They just don't believe in it. They think it's a waste of money. They think it's not going to work. They think it's oh well, it's one postcard. I'm not going. Nothing's going to happen from that. And you guys and will I, be. Let me tell a quick story that's yes yeah, related. To absolutely, this. So go we've for got it. A, we've got a realtor named Gail Zintek, and Gail, uh, they she's a she's a very 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 successful realtor. But let me tell you how she sells her home. So she was at a wedding. And there was a caterer at the wedding, and um, the, and she's she's a send out cards user, and and this caterer had beautiful food set up, and so they had their business cards in a little business card stand, and she went over and she you know ate the food and was all really great. Her husband was there, and so she she grabbed the person's business card and she started taking pictures of the food and of them, had the business card and had their business address on it. So while she was at the wedding, she did a little card. It took her probably three minutes to do it. Sure. And she sent him a gift, a box of brownies, along with the card, with pictures of their catering at the wedding, telling them how delicious their food was and how beautiful their food was. Making them feel like a million bucks. And her real estate brand is on the back of the card. Well, it turned out that they didn't have a realtor and they were getting ready to sell their home. So they contacted her. She sold their home, got the commission. But then their, she got invited to their daughter because she treated them so nice and kept sending them cards. She got invited to their daughter's wedding. Well, what wow. does somebody, a, newly couple, a newly married couple do? They buy a home. So she got that home as well. Sure. Over the course of the next five years, she bought and sold eight homes for that family wow. from one card from taking pictures of that catering. That's easy six figures. And they're very close friends. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. The, I, I love how you brought that up because it's, uh, it's the personable... Uh, Nick Trevelyan. Oh, uh, Nick knows you. I don't think you know Nick, but Nick, Nick knows you because I was hey, like, Nick. oh, hey, uh, What's up, Nick? we're doing this and that. So Nick's one of the three menaces, one of our partners. Oh, nice. And um, I mentioned your name a while back about, oh, this and that. Like we were either doing your roof or something was happening. And I was like, oh, blah, blah, Jordan Adler. I was like, oh, it was like, there's a good book called, you know, Beach Money. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, Jordan Adler. I'm like, dude, I was like, I'm buddies with Jordan. Like I have a picture <laughs> with Jordan. 
And uh, so it's kind of funny. He's hopped Nick, on right your now. Your name's familiar. I'm sure if I saw your face, I'd know you. He said, "Send out cards has made me hundreds of thousands of dollars." I love that. He just said that wow, right now. That's fantastic. So he he was in real estate here for a long time, nice. and used it like crazy, and he he loves it. So what a testimonial that is, huh? Unsolicited. I love unsolicited. It. Yeah, right here. It's in. It's on. It's on our Thread. Facebook live right fantastic. there in the notes. So those those. So think about it. Ninety. So two things. One, ninety-seven bucks. Okay, like. I spend, that's like a, a decent steak dinner, yeah. right? Like, and it's unlimited, unlimited Unli cards. Yeah, you can send unlimited photo postcards, unlimited greeting cards in the mail, including postage for $97 a month. As many as you want. As many as you want, individual cards. Now, if you're sending to large groups of people, we've got sure. a different pricing plan for that, but if sure. individual, so you could do five a day, 10 a day, where you drop a picture on the card, multiple pictures, type messages, hit send, and the postage is handled, and the and the card is handled. So that. so think about it. Those of us that are on here, because so I think Jordan knows this, but if he doesn't, our target market is you have to be a business owner, and you got to be making about a hundred grand ish plus a year. Because if you're making forty grand a year, for what? Um, to be in our menace program. Oh, gotcha. Because we're going to ask you to obviously invest with us, and it's going to be you know. Our program, we just closed it, but we it was five thousand bucks in July. It's gonna be ten thousand dollars. So you're making forty grand a year. You're not gonna be able to invest with us anyway. So our target golden client is a business owner. It's making about a hundred grand a year, but as you know, they're wearing all the hats. Right. So they're doing everything. They're doing the the appointment setting. They're doing uh, the sales. They're doing you know whatever the production looks like. Whatever you know whatever industry that is. They're in your example, they're they're printing the card, they're printing the envelope, they're printing the stamp on it, they're printing yeah. in the mail, but then they're also coming and doing this kind of stuff and the networking, and then they're also uh, oh the the ninety seven dollar invoicing, like oh I got to send out manual invoices to everybody. Yeah. They're doing all that stuff, and so we're teaching them and coaching them how to via systems and automation where they can take their company to the next level um, and hire employees and delegate and use automation systems to where they can have recurring revenue every single month and have them work on the business, not in the business. Love it. So I love what you're doing, Jason, because you've got a successful business and you're taking what you learned on the journey. Cause you know, you, you didn't step into this business with all this knowledge and experience. No, you're gaining it along the way. And you've got, you've participated in like lots of Grant Cardone trainings and you've studied, you read books and you listen to, listen to things and you're learning and you're applying stuff. You're trying things. And what I've watched, I've watched you evolve and I've watched your business grow uh, very, very rapidly as a result of your own personal development. It's like I, I and this is like, I, I, this kind of dawned on me the other day, but it's, uh, I, I'll share. So you've ever seen a fly, or a, let me do this. I'm going to go back. I've got this place up in Jerome and uh, there's a deck and um, a, a screen door mm -hmm. and I, on the third level. And I was getting ready to leave for about two and a half weeks and a hummingbird flew into my living room and flew right over to the picture window. And I'm getting ready to leave for two weeks, and he's trying to get out through the picture window and getting really frustrated, struggling, trying to get through that glass. Sure. And I know that if I leave, that hummingbird's going to be dead on the windowsill. The door is like 15 feet away, and it's wide open. I'm trying to get him to focus towards the door, and I can't get him out the door. He wants right. to go towards the window, and I know he's going to die. Two and a half hours. I'm getting frustrated. He's getting frustrated, <laughs> tired. That's you can't crazy. catch a hummingbird. So I go in the kitchen. I get a pitcher. I try and catch him. Can't catch him. He finally gets tired. He sits up on the rim of the pitcher, and I walk him out, and he flies off. But I started thinking, if I had left, that hummingbird would have died on the windowsill. And in that hummingbird's eff uh, efforts to escape through that window, he would have squelched his little life out. But 10 feet away, just by shifting focus, the hummingbird knows how to fly. He right. doesn't need to learn to fly better. 
He doesn't need to take a course. He doesn't need to hire a coach on learning how to fly. Right. He could fly as hard as he, he could fly as good as possible against that window and he's going to die. Yeah. That's what we do in our lives. And it, it really, it, it um, really helped me to see that. And this is really what you were saying. Everything we know gets us to where we are today. So wherever you are today, wherever you are today, wherever I am today sure. is because of what we know. The only way we get to the next level is we need to go outside of what we know in order to get to the next level. So that hummingbird needed to shift its focus. And the only way it was ever going to escape is to shift its focus. And then it's going to effortlessly fly to freedom. So right. success is effortless when you're focused on the right things. And, and so what I do, and I'm, I'm, I'm in, as an entrepreneur, I'm immersed in this right now because I was stuck for a few years. I had explosive growth in my business and I've been coasting for a few years and I'm living a great life. I got a great lifestyle, amazing lifestyle. I fly helicopters, I travel all over the world. I'm getting ready to go to on a $35,000 cruise to the south of France next week. Awesome. I live an amazing life and I've got a nice residual check. However, I've been stuck for like five years. Hold on, do you say the word stuck? That was one of the reasons why we started- The podcast? No, the, the, the entire company. Oh. Medicine business was because we we have all these people. So, uh, Terrence is doing big things. Nick's doing big things. I'm doing big things, and people are like, "Hey, will you coach us? Hey, will you coach us?" Yeah. So, literally January of this year, all three of us started our own podcast, and all three of us started individual coaching. So, what you did though is you you chart you went on uncharted territory that you had never done before. You'd seen other people do it, but totally. you had never done it before. Which is again, that's like taking it beyond what you were doing before. It's right. a, it's a it's a new level of of productivity, a new level of adding value. So that ultimately is going to grow you personally. So that's what, that's what I decided to do. I decided to, and this was a matter of a result of seeing some things that I couldn't see before, but I was always on the, on the quest for what's next. Like, what do I need to see that I'm not seeing right now? And I was stuck in what I know. And all of a sudden something happened that just completely caused me to shift my focus. And in the last three weeks, the stuff that's going on in my business right now is explosive as a result of a, sh a minor shift. And I'm on a learning curve. Just in the past three weeks, I've learned more than what I've learned in the last five years about, about growth. Wow. Yeah. So. That, that's crazy. So, so talking about that, um, it's great. Thank you for that story, by the way. We're going to call it the hummingbird, the hummingbird yeah. uh, story. It's in my second book, by the way. That story. Better than Beach Money. Better than Beach Money. So Jordan written two books. He has Beach Money and then Better Than Beach Money. By the way, I don't know which one you're gonna give me. Uh, I but have both with me right now. But no, but, but I need them at the conference. Oh, at the conference. Well, the one we're gonna give out to everybody. Yeah. I think the second one would be best. Second one. Okay, so Better Than oh, Beach Money. I already money. sent them to you, didn't I? You still don't have them? I don't still. Oh, them. they're gonna come a week before. Yeah, yeah a week before. Yeah, right before. So they're not sitting there for two months. So yeah. So when you come to the conference, one Jordan is gonna speak. And two, um, I, uh, uh, Terrence and Nick and I are going to gift you guys if you buy a ticket, um, and the link is in our bio. Um, if you buy a ticket, Jordan is going to have after he speaks, we're going to have a little booth for you, Thank you. Uh, in order to sign, and he will actually sign your book for you. And that's uh, courtesy of of us for uh, th that was his fee. I said, hey, what's your fee to speak? He said, hey, I want people to know who I am, and I want to bless the lives of other people. And the best way to do that is by having them read the book that I wrote. And I said, okay. And so we're going to buy 100 copies, and we're going to have them there. So anybody that goes, um, we're going to give you guys opportunity to meet Jordan and uh, sign your book. And, yeah, I'm just – it's it's crazy how all this comes to fruition because, like I said, Nick, Nick and Terrence and I both were doing our own individual coaching with our own 
people. And then we were doing, um, like I said, I'm a roofing contractor, but I have people reaching out to me like, Hey, you're doing, you're doing big things and you're going crazy. and You're doing this. I coach three of the roofing contractors that are literally my competitors. Mm-hmm. Right. But they're like, well, one's doing, you know, 1.5 and I did seven last year. So they're like, well, I can definitely learn something from you. Right. So they're like, come on in. I'm like, okay. So we started doing that. And me, Nick and Terrence, we did, you know, Andy Frisella, uh-huh. 75 hard. And we did that together and we've been best friends ever since. But the crazy part about all that was uh, we came together to create the medicine business because of the opportunity, because there's the word stuck that you mentioned. Yeah. And people get stuck because they continue to just people, people think that if you work 18 hours a day, that like you're a hard worker and you're a businessman and you're an entrepreneur and all like for a time. Yes. Like that trench work is necessary, right? Yeah. What if what you're doing every day is not working? What if what you're doing every day isn't the path like the hummingbird flying harder is like working harder against that window? Right. What if that's not the direction you need to be going? And uh, yeah, that's what that's what my second book does best for most people that read it is they get the, it, it helps them to see a new path that can take them to new levels of, of growth. But yeah, it's like um, it's getting stuck in those patterns that we all those the same patterns that we just do the same thing every day and we try and do more of it and think that it's going to give us different results. Right. And so I literally posted that today about a morning routine. Right. So we started this eight week system that started literally yesterday, uh, Monday night. And it goes all the way up until the conference. So we're going to have eight, we have about eight to 10 guys in there and ladies in there that we're going to transform their businesses over the next eight weeks. And then we're going to put them up on stage and be like, Hey, how do we change, you know, by implementing the systems and our coaching in those eight weeks, what did it do for your business? And we're going to bring them up on stage and, and, and let them, let them speak for themselves. But the point I'm trying to get at is the growth that you get into, it's uncharted territory. You mentioned, right? Yeah. It's something new. Right, Jordan is a pilot, helicopter pilot, helicopter pilot, yeah. right? And um, so, how do you go from wanting to like fly to flying? Like, how yeah. much, how, how much out of your comfort so zone I, did you have to come? Like, that's crazy. So I, I, w- I, w- I got this condo in Vegas, and that was a result of a guy in our chapter, Warren Tarl. Warren's my accountant for the past sure. twenty years, and he, I was living in Phoenix, and he contacted me and said, Jordan, how'd you like to have a free place in Las Vegas? And I'm like. That sounds interesting. Yeah, tell me more. He said, go to Vegas, find a condo that you like on the Strip, and, uh, and um, you're, you got to move a car there, one of your cars there. You got to get your voter's registration and driver's license, but you can be there as much or as little as you want to, and you will make it your residence, and you'll save money on your state taxes, and the savings will pay for your life there. It'll pay for your place there. It'll pay for your That's, what, so that's why you have two. One of them is... Yeah, so, uh, so anyway, I, did, I went down there like a 50-50 thinking I was going to do it, maybe not. I wasn't sure. And then I found this beautiful condo at the Waldorf right on the Strip. And it's like, this is unbelievable. And I know that lots of people come to Vegas, so I'll see people that I wouldn't normally see. Sure. So I did it. And I'm watching the helicopters, like, give tours, right? Sure. And I don't do it for work. I never. I don't get paid to fly helicopters. Yeah, recreation. I decided to do it for fun so that when my friends came to town, I could take them up in the helicopter. Awesome. It was the hardest thing I've ever learned to do in my life. Really? Um, it it was so hard. In fact, there were almost every single time I got in my truck to go down to the airport to, to take my lessons and to go fly, I would I would say to myself, even during the training, this is not a positive thing to say to yourself, but I can remember over and over again, this is just never going to happen. 
Like I'm never going to be able to get this. Oh no. It takes and this is recent. How long ago is this? I got my license actually, believe it or not, six years ago, six years ago. Six so this years. wasn't like in the nineties. We're talking like no, 2015, 2016, well, yeah, and, just and barely. I, I'm, I'm 64 years old. And so when I went in there, I was 55 years old for the first time. Okay. And guys that get their helicopter licenses are in their twenties. So when I yeah, went right in out there, of school, yeah, when I went in there, I could tell they kind of snickered a little bit when I told them I wanted to get my helicopter license. You increased the uh, medium, medium yeah, age. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've had some challenges. Like, I, I've, I mean, I've, when I say challenges, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get into it, but my crash and all that. Sure. Right? So, and I didn't crash the helicopter, but I was in the helicopter when it crashed, and it was with a guy that had never flown in his life. You can go on YouTube and just Google or just a search for fake helicopter pilot crashes helicopter. That was my helicopter that I owned and we were in it together. Right. And you you told me that story. You can see the video of the crash and you can see them pulling me out of the helicopter after the crash. That's fake helicopter uh, pilot crashes helicopter. Long story short, that was like the, one of the most uh, productive personal developments uh, uh, scenarios in my lifetime because you know, I'd been flying for a few years. It was one of the things that I loved to do more than anything in my life. When my friends come to Vegas, we jump in the helicopters. A lot of times we fly over the mountains and land in the parking lot at the winery and have lunch and then fly back the same day. And I take them around Red Rock and we fly all over Vegas. And it's a really fun time and it's really exhilarating and all that. And then this crash happened after I got my helicopter, and it was very difficult for me to get back in the helicopter. It messes with your head. I mean, oh, I had yeah. some PTSD. Sure. I wasn't seriously injured. The mental game is. But I knew that I, wa- I had huge. that dream. It was a dream. The, the dream to fly helicopters even after the crash was still there. And so I had to overcome that. And that was one of the biggest challenges I'd ever deal- dealt with in my life was getting back in the helicopter four months later and actually doing it again. Now, I've probably flown 50 times since the crash. Nice. And it happened two and a half years ago. So, but, talk about well, like but, let's let's run with that for a second yeah. because think about something that like shook you to your core, right? Right. So if you're listening to this, it could be uh, there's several different examples, right? But there's there's the these events in your life, whether <laughs> whether it's self sabotaging you because you're on your own, or just like I said, something some, that happens. Yeah, just crap happens, man. It's it's life. It's part of reality, and it's part of being human and being in the society and the world that we live in. And crap happens. But the question is, is and it's cliche because we hear it all the time, but like it's not how many times did you fall down. It's how many times did you get back up. Yeah. Right. And and not giving up and sticking to it. And uh, I literally just listened to it a couple days ago because I'm on Cardone University with Grant and the daily trainings. And he talked about um, what goal that you haven't given up on have you failed at? Mm. Uh, what what goal? Well, if you haven't given up on it, you haven't failed at it. Exactly. Right. So either one of two things. Either you give like, no, I didn't give up on it. No, you did. Either you did give up on it or you're still you're still going at it, mm-hmm. right? So you have these, these crazy events that, uh, that happen in your life that are going to shake you to your core, whether it's your family, whether it's personal, maybe it's financial. Um, who was it? It was an actor. Just barely. I saw it on an interview on, on Facebook or Instagram that an actor, an, uh, his brother stole all of his money. I hadn't heard that. Oh my gosh. I'll figure out who it was and I'll post it on here. But yeah, so uh, I mean, there's an actor and his brother was kind of in business with him and come to find out his brother like spent and used all of his money. Wow. Like literally, I mean, you're talking, it was like $70 million. Literally, had to, he had to put him in jail because of all that happened. But like, so you have these crazy events, right? Everybody has their own. They're all, you know, 
Uh, everybody has their own different experience, but I call them defining moments. Defining moments, right? They are. And so, when you have one of these defining moments, what does that? I mean, how long did it take you to really grasp? Like, okay, this happened. How am I going to react to it? And then, yeah. when did you start to actually get back well, in it? Right after the crash, when we were standing by the helicopter, which we shouldn't have been, when you see it, we should have been killed instantly. We weren't. I was, I was spared, you know, and I'm standing by the helicopter. My first thought is I can't tell anybody about this. Like, I don't want anyone to know. I was in shock, but I, I didn't want anyone to know. I actually went to an event. I got stitches in my foot, and I went to an event. A, a friend of mine was performing um, at a, a little club in Vegas that night. And I was with a bunch of friends. I did not even tell them that I crashed the helicopter that day. Yeah, a few hours earlier. Had, yeah, it was like Holy literally crap. Four, four, hour, four and a half hours earlier. That's nuts. I had been to urgent care. The paramedics were there. The news choppers were overhead. I didn't tell a soul. They knew something was wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I was in shock for a few weeks after. I'm like serious shock. Like, sure. But um, uh, kind of lost my train of thought there. So what were we? So so what what happened? Yeah. I mean, oh. from when it happened oh. to you, like to yeah. So you you have to I don't say grieve, but like you have to grind through right. it. Whether it's getting help, whether I it's knew, therapy, whatever the case may be. I knew I was going to fly again. All right. I just didn't. I was scared to get back up in the helicopter. Sure. Even though I didn't have the controls when we when we crashed, I, I was afraid to get back in the helicopter, but I knew I was going to do it again. I just needed to get it on the calendar. Here's what I found out. Oh, yeah. Get it on the calendar. Get it on the calendar. Get Every, it on the calendar. Everything. everything. It, it, you know, it's, if you, if you make a commitment to yourself and you follow through on it. So like when I put it on the calendar, that's a commitment to myself. And sometimes it's a commitment to other people. Get it on the calendar. Right. Oh, that's good. I'm going to write yeah, that down. So, Go ahead. So I was, I was actually, um, I was actually at an event, uh, in LA um, and I'd been telling people, check this out. I've been telling people for 10 years that I'm going to the Virgin Islands, but I never went. I would just tell people I'm going to the Virgin Islands. Sure. I've never been to the Virgin Islands. And I was at an event in LA and I'm in front of, I'm sitting in the crowd. I'd never, I don't think I was speaking in front of groups at this point. I can't remember, but, uh, the, the guy on the stage says, consider that if it's not on your calendar, it's not real. That's what I remember him saying. And I opened up my How calendar. How long ago was that? This Ish. Was many years ago. Many, many okay. years ago. Probably 15 years ago. Okay. So I wrote, I wrote on my calendar that day at the event. I wrote on my calendar Virgin Islands, and it was like in October, and I crossed it off. On my, and I blocked those days off on my calendar. As soon as you put it on your calendar, everything changes because you start going, who am I going to be with? Up here it changes. Yeah. Who am I going to be with? How am I going to get there? How I'm much gonna is it going to cost? Where am yep. I gonna, how much does it cost? Where am I going to stay? Uh, you know, what am I going to do when I'm there? All those things. And then you start talking to people about it in a different perspective because you have a date on your calendar. Right. Well, I ended up going to the Virgin Islands. Like, I can't, oh, I can't go to that wedding because I'm going to be in the Virgin yes, Islands that week. Yes. Love it. Exactly. Freaking love so it. So what ended up happening was I went, but since then now I've probably been to the Virgin Islands six times. The last time I was there, I was the British Virgin Islands and I spent 10 days with Richard Branson on his island. Yeah. Where I got to. Go I was going to bring that up, yeah. but yeah. So, so my point is that I decided, I learned this. This was a, a, a conscious lesson that I learned that can help you to achieve any dream. I've used this to achieve so many dreams, getting my helicopter license, buying rental real estate, um, speaking on big stages, uh, um, buying certain ca like cars that I've purchased, sports cars that I've purchased. Here's what I've learned. If you, want, if you have a dream, the first thing you gotta do is figure out what it is. Like, what is it that you want, right? right. So I tell people, it doesn't matter whether you believe that it's possible or not. It doesn't matter. 
and you've got somebody saving your butt, your instructor, your certified flight instructor saves your butt every time you screw up. Right? Sure. If you screw up to a prevent a crash, your flight instructor His response is even, you. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And so, um, but every time you, everybody experiences this. Every time you're going down there to do auto rotations, you're like, oh my God, I can't do this. I got to quit. You know, you want to quit. It's like, I got I to gotta come up with a really good reason not to do it. It's the same in business, right? Sure. Hovering is the same thing. Like hours and hours and hours of hovering before Just you actually, sitting. before you get it. Um, my instructor said to me, um, if you can keep it within a football field, I'll buy you a pizza. And I probably had did, done hovering for a total of an hour, probably 10 times, and I could not ever believe that I would ever get it. And then one day, it just wires into your brain. It's like one day, all of a sudden, it's like riding a bicycle. All yeah. of a sudden, I got it. I but, got balance. But how many... So here's the other part, too, is that some people will try one or two times or three times or a few times, and then they give up. Right. So, I mean, you can put it on Google or look it up or whatever, but Grant and, and these other guys talk about how in the follow-up process in business, right? You're talking seven to 12 times. Yeah. Narrowed down. I've heard eight to 10 is kind of the sweet spot. Right. And right. some, most people will do, uh, I, there's all the crazy stats and whatnot. And, but like most people do one or two, three max, and then they're pissed at three. Like literally a guy that I'm coaching who is going to watch this, Eric Perry, uh, one of my buddies who's actually a menace and he's in the M8 super system that we're, that we're doing. And I, the second I heard it, I was like, uh, that's terrible. I was like, you need to get rid of that right now. He has a three strike and you're out roll. So he'll follow up with them one, two, three times and they're out. I was like, bro, this ain't baseball. I was like, if the stats say eight to 10, why are you stopping at three? You're yeah. only 33% of the way there of, of the actual amount of contacts and follow-up that you need in order to close a deal. Yeah. You're only a third of the way there. I feel like so many of us give up because it's that's probably the hardest part is to be consistent with your follow-up in business. And so people just give up. They're like, oh, well, I can't yeah. hover that many times or I can't do the auto rotations like a uh, hundred times. Like, oh man, like, and you come up with an excuse not it's to show a, up or not do it. That's the price you pay. And it, and it, it, some people see that as an expensive price, but uh, like the way I viewed it, it's like, what's the price for my dream? What's the price for your dream? Like, what is it? How important to you is your dream? Like, what do you want to create that is going to really get you excited about life? And then, or maybe you're already excited about life, but what's something that you want to do that you just, you don't want to die before this gets done. Right. Totally. And, uh, and then there's things that you have to do to get there, but then it's like making that commitment that you're not going to stop until it's done. You're going to figure out the route. Yeah. Failure yeah. is not an option. Right. Yeah. And that's one another one of our core values is failure, failure is not an option. Like the people that we brought on, it, it's not just to ring the register, right? Because in our system, I like I take that personal and we're not bringing on hundreds or thousands of people at a time. We're bringing on like a dozen at a time. And I know all of them personally, or I get to know them all personally. And I make sure I'm like, you do not get to fail because I will not let you fail. Right. And then, because so, some people don't have that. Some people have, some people, and we talk about surrounding yourself and we'll finish with this. Um, some people surround themselves, no, I won't say with losers, but people with, that are accustomed to failing, whether it was uh, their parents or whether it was their upbringing, maybe it was someone in church or school where you're just, uh, they're just always coming up with an excuse not to do X or Y or Z or not to go through with whatever. And when you hang out, hang around those people, those excuses get so much easier, those cards yeah. to pull, right? 
You know, uh, you may not know the story, Jason. I don't know, but I was, uh, I'm a network marketer. You know, I've, I've built a large twice. Now I've built very, very large, uh, networks of people that all use a service. Okay. Um, the, the, the company I'm with now has been around for 17 years. Uh, I've been there for oh, just about 17 years, a little bit less. Than day that. one almost. Yeah, almost day one. And um, my first uh, 10 years, 11 companies. I was in 11 network marketing companies in the first 10 years when I was in my 20s up until my third 11 companies. My 12th company, I finally figured something out. And it was pretty simple. I f and I learned this as a result of meeting one guy. One guy, his name's Russ. I met this guy and he ch explained some things to me that completely changed everything for me. And I realized that nobody succeeds quitting. You can't quit your way to success. And so instead of quitting when things got tough, that meant I had a lesson to learn. Sure. Whereas before, I kept repeating the same pattern over and over and over again because every time things mm. got tough, I would quit. Sure. But my 12th time, I had some really bad things happen, but I didn't quit. Um, man, I wish we had time to tell the stories. They are in my books, but, sure. uh, but, but I would have been justified in quitting, but yeah. I didn't quit. And I totally get it. I yeah. completely understand. Yeah. So at the end of, uh, at the end of my first year of working my 12th company, um, I was making 180 bucks a month and I'd never made money in any entrepreneurial effort prior to that. My first year That's I was making insane. 180 bucks a month. By the end of my third year, I was making 35,000 a month. And I ended up making eight million bucks with that company. I was there for I was there for thirteen years, and then that company went away because some technology, sh some major, like cataclysmic technology shifts happened that mm -hmm. affected our technology. And so the company went away. We were a billion dollar company, and we went away. And I joined a company seventeen years ago. And although I've had many challenges along the way, every time I work through the challenge and learn the lessons, I take it to a new level. Every single time instead of, and when you're in the middle of it, it feels like, like this, I'm justified in quitting. This is really bad. You know, I, there's no way I can make it, but if you stick around and work, work out the problems, you, right. be, you be the cause of Push you through be it. the reason for the solution versus blaming other people for the problems. Mm -hmm. You be the reason you work on, you know, however, whether it has to do with resources or the people you're working with or the way you look at it or whatever it is to make a shift that will allow you to transcend whatever problems you're dealing with and take it to a whole new level. That's crazy. So two, two questions. And this is me for personal, just uh, throwing it out there. This is the brag moment. So what's the biggest stage you've ever been on? Biggest stage? Yeah. 14,000 people. Um, I've probably spoke over 10,000 people 10 times, and the biggest is 14,000. Who was it with? Uh, it was actually with our network marketing company, the last company I was with. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so how'd you meet Senior Branson? So I'm, I'm part of the Virgin Galactic Civilian Space Program. That's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah, we only go yeah, there. We but, don't have time to go there. But, but how do you, but how so do you I got get an invitation? How do you get in? How do you get to even be invited well, over there? That's there, like well, if you if you become part of that program, uh, Richard blocks weeks on his calendar to invite the future astronauts to the island and hang out with them. And mm -hmm. when I say hang out with them, it's not like he's there an hour a day. I'm talking morning, noon, and night. We're on the boat. Yeah, playing we're, chess. We're in the hot tub. <laughs> we're playing chess, playing tennis, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All of that for over a week. And uh, in fact, I would have been stuck on the island if the pandemic had happened two weeks prior. I would have been stuck on the island with Richard. Bummer. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, it was, I 
we could talk about that for an hour. Just sure, that sure. Easily. So, so you guys see the, the, the impact that Jordan's had, um, in his brief, you know, 60, 60 years on earth here, but I want you guys to understand the, the power, uh, and the opportunity. Jordan didn't come from much, right? No. My dad made 20 grand, 28 grand a year at his peak. 28 grand a year. Yeah. So he's not Donald Trump Jr. He, you know, no. grew up in, in millions and billions, right? Uh, Nick and Terrence, right? The other two menaces here, uh, they both uh, grew up in trailer parks, yeah. right? And so just because you were born there doesn't mean you have to stay there. The home that I grew up in, my father lived up until his last day, uh, sold for $14,000. Sold? Sold for $14,000. Not netted, about, sold. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that gives That's you an crazy. idea of the neighborhood. That's crazy, crazy. And then last question. Uh, what was the most, the, what's the biggest deal you've ever closed, like dollar amount? The, uh, the best I could do on that, because it really wasn't, I mean, I bought 49 rental houses, um, but I bought a lot of them from the bank um, mm-hmm. and, you know, rehabbed them and that kind of stuff. I haven't done big deals per se, but I've had, uh, you know, a handful of quarter million dollar months that are that were that were income, profit, you know. Sure. Um, and... You know, I've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Um, I'm all about creating a residual check, like building freedom. That's what Beach Money's about, is, right. is, is creating a life that you ha- can make choices and you don't have to worry about whether that check's going to be there to pay your bills and then also do the things that you really want to do and love to do in your life. So it's about creating res- it. a residual check. And, and, and most things, the, more, the more, more successful you become, the less freedom you have. Most things, mm. the more successful you become, the less freedom. I'm about teaching people how to become more successful with more freedom. And there's ways to do that. Sure. So fantastic. Yeah. All righty guys. Hey, so real quick, <clears throat> just so you know, July 28th and 29th here at the orange tree resort here in Scottsdale, uh, Jordan Adler's going to be on stage with us as well. Uh, chatting with us. So go to the link below. If you haven't bought a ticket yet, there's still a couple of VIP spots open and then general admission is going to open up and we're going to start throwing ads at it. Um, but Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Appreciate you. Like I said, uh, I've I've done work with Jordan. I've done his roof. Uh, and like I said, I'm a huge, proud fan of, of send out cards. Anybody that ever asked me, like I said, I'll give him, even before we press pause or press record here, I gave him a quick little testimonial for the construction world that we, we just don't need to, we don't follow up with our customers nearly as much as we should. So um, Jordan, appreciate it, man. Thanks Thank for coming you. on, and we'll Thanks see you. Uh, yeah. See you in July. Sounds fantastic. Adios. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Menace to Society. A menace to society. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for more future episodes, and share with other menaces that aren't afraid to stand out and smash their goals. Oh, and if you own a business that's generating a hundred thousand or more, and you want to explode your business with more revenue while working less, head on over to BeAMenace.com. You owe it to yourself.